Today's episode is brought to you by The Black Agenda. The Black Agenda's mission is to educate and empower the Black community on being more proactive rather than reactive in our efforts for progression. Visit their website to purchase empowerment t-shirts, free educational content, and more at blackagenda.com. That's blkagenda.com. Enjoy the show. I believe inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot. I've done a lot. And I do a lot by sharing my experience with you all be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. Yeah, this is um, long overdue Um, for those that may not know um, in June and July, I lost my grandmother and um, my mother and um, it's been it's been challenging. Um, it's been a weird norm to kind of adapt to. Um, but we are here. Um, and what are we going to do with the time that we have to remember those that we lost? June 17th, um, I announced that I was going to create a podcast and (laughs) I was excited. Um, And then life threw (sighs) threw a lot at me. Um, June 16th, is when I found out that my grandmother transitioned. Um, And that's what really sparked me to stop waiting uh, for everything to be perfect. And let's just get this done, right? Um, So that's why I announced it June 17th. I was already in the process of getting things done, um, but it was a matter of when was the right time. And after that, you know, when when we lose people that's close to us, we tend to realize that we don't have forever. We don't have as, as much time as we believe that we have to do certain things. So why not now? And um, I told the world, hey, <laughs> I made the world my accountability partners in a sense. If I say I'm going to do something and then if I tell others that I'm going to do it, I have no choice but to do it, right? Um, so that's what happened. Um, 
So this will not be the format um, for all the episodes to come. But I just had to get this off my chest. Um, and if you're listening, if you're still here, I'm just going to accept the fact that you gave me permission to do so, to use this space to as an outlet uh, for all the things that I've been going through for the last three, four months. My grandmother, uh, she was in a coma for one year, 47 days. Uh, so I kind of took that death different, right? Uh, my grandmother was fighting for her life. Uh, strong fight. And just that transitioning into a you know, more peaceful state. Like, who am I? Who am I as a human to question God's will of saying enough is enough? You know, last year I cried. Last year I was hurt. But this year, I'm at peace. I try not to be as as selfish as... <laughs> as I could because yes I, I want my grandmother around yes I love to laugh and hear her curse everybody out uh, but who am I <laughs> to make those decisions uh, my mother died July and was found dead July 10th um, which is uh, my dad's birthday and um, and it was just unexpected. Like last time I seen my mom was at my grandmother's funeral, um, which she was just telling me all these great things, uh, these relationships that she was mending, and and you know, her losing weight and being happy about that, and you know, her being proud of me, and me and my mom's relationship wasn't the best. You know, we 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 had moments of like not talking, not communicating. Um, but this year, you know, last year was like the transitioning phase. But this year, I felt like we really got to a space where we can communicate. Um, so it's it's it's, it's been a lot. Um, it's on me. Um, it's, it's been a lot on like how I feel that I need to show up for people and the things that I need to do for myself in order to show up for people correctly. Um, so, yeah, I, I broke this episode into three parts. Um, so some childhood memories. Uh, I'm going to go into some, some more detail about my distance uh, from my mom. And how we were able to become closer um, within uh, that separation. Um, and then, like, the things that I'm doing after the death of my mother and grandmother. Um, I think a lot of times we just brush everything under the rug. Uh, and I, 
with death in the past is what I typically do. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that I am even thinking about cr creating an episode dedicated uh, to my mom and grandmother talking about something that's closely knitted to me. And this episode, we're going to call it Dear Mama. So let's transition to the childhood memories because, man, I got so many. And the ones I decided to rock with, um, they, it was so many, I just had to pick some. So these ones kind of like stand out, right? So my grandmother, she stayed in the Ville. And if anyone from St. Louis, um, you all know where the Ville at. So stayed in the townhouse, stayed in the apartments. It's really called the Ville, the village. Um chubby the family dog seen his dog grow with us man from a strong bark to barely wanted to walk up the steps and um i remember being there. we did a lot we did a lot as kids at in my granny house i don't know how the hell all of us fat in the house but hey we did we made it work um so just being there right uh, my granny loved to play games well back then anyway and <laughs> I knew how to play games at a very young age I knew that that was like one thing I was good at at that phase of my life and um we just sit in her room she had you know Mario Kart she had you know Crash Bandicoot that was the game that was the game of games like Mario was cool Mario was like the family game on the Nintendo 64 but Crash Bandicoot on her profile Oh yeah, it was different, different ball game. So it was, it was moments like she would kick everybody out of, um, out of her room. And if anybody know, like for some reason, Granny's just had these tall beds, like these beds, like big, uh, like I really know that it was like an exercise for me to even get into bed. Uh, <laughs> so I remember just sitting in her bed, being the only one, cause I'm telling y'all, she used to kick everybody out. She needed to be completely quiet like one sound if somebody breathed the wrong way and she lost it was that person's fault um so i used to be in there play the game whatever levels that she couldn't beat she'll give me the joystick you know i'll be the level she'll play a level she'll beat it you know that's that's just what we was doing um <laughs> so that like stuck out to me like because everybody assumed that I guess if it was like a teacher's pet uh, for like a granny like I'd be like the granny's pet because uh, I could do no wrong like I, <laughs> and a lot of that was because of the things that I seen my brothers and cousins do and I was like yeah I'm not gonna do that like, I, I felt like I was just very savvy and kind of like wise <laughs> beyond my years at a young age because I just seen something and I learned from the mistakes of others. I just knew I didn't want to be that person. Um, yeah, so playing a game was great. And as I think about it, my family really liked games. I remember my Uncle Byron um, being in the other room sometimes and he used to play hockey, uh, NHL on a Sega. And people were like, oh my God, you follow... Like, cause I'm black, I guess. Like, oh my God, you follow hockey? I'm like, yeah. Like, my family, we just 
love sports. <laughs> like we just love sports. Um. So yeah, playing a game with my granny was definitely a bonding moment. Uh, that I feel we had like that connection forever. Uh, she always felt like I was the the mediator. I was the calm one that I can translate what she's feeling and meaning to say to other people. Uh, it's crazy how my grandmother and my mom was so much alike, and it explains a lot of things as well. Um, so yeah, that was a great memory playing a game. So um, this year I plan on getting me a game, and I'm gonna get back in it. And if they come out with a different, you know, a new Crash Bandicoot, I'm on that. And if anybody wanna, you know, I don't know how this game go look, but if y'all wanna talk about Crash Bandicoot whenever it come out on this PS5, hit me up. Uh, <laughs> so now I wanna, you know, I'm gonna go back and forth from like my grandmother and my mother, and I'll let y'all know so y'all won't get confused because I know I can be rambling off at times. But elementary school, man, I think I was in first grade i'm just say first grade because probably was kindergarten but i'm gonna say first grade man my teacher said i was retarded can you um imagine like a parent hearing that from a first grader and i didn't know it was a real bad thing i just knew that the teacher's energy was kind of off um, so I just went home like, hey, you know, when I got home, like, hey, mom, you know, <laughs> my teacher said I was retarded. I don't know what it mean, but that's what she said. And I was probably looking at her like, okay. So I, she probably thought I was like even more slow because I didn't take it bad. But as a first grader, how do you expect a first grader to process that? Right. Um, <laughs> so my mom had some not so kind words and needless to say I wasn't in that class for too long but I can say now I want to add the context of why she assumed that I was retarded in the first grade um I was a perfectionist like for a long time like I was just a perfectionist like I I like to do things as right as possible. And if it wasn't right, I start over. Like it wasn't no start from here. I start all the way back from like zero. Um, so when I was learning letters, like how to write my name, like if it didn't look like the mock-ups or the letters that you had to trace, I used to ball the paper up and throw it away and start over. Like I continue just to do that, that whole process. Like L, A, V, if V didn't look right, ball it up, start over. And uh, until I get it right. And it was time consuming. As well as my emotional impulses. I used to get angry when I didn't get it right. Like I used to be so upset when I didn't get it right. And um, with myself. It wasn't necessarily upset with others. It was really being upset with myself. Uh, (laughs) So she got me retarded. And if you can imagine how it was with writing... Uh, my name and those things with colors oh my god I I don't like coloring books now to this day because I still get annoyed like anxiety when I get outside the line like I just I'm just that person right Um, which is quite interesting to say at least 
So yeah, she said I was retarded because I was a, a perfectionist, and I'm quite sure they took me through a lot of little behavioral type things to kind of figure out my mental capacity, and I think it came back clear enough that I wasn't. Um, needless to say, um, I got a master's degree, so I guess that means something, right? <laughs> Uh, who actually element first I'm just say first grade first grade was a lot I remember my mom caught me for the first time stealing uh, well she didn't call me I kind of told her myself so I kind of knew that stealing was bad um <laughs> yeah I kind of knew it was bad anyway let me tell you the story so there was an Emoco now, like the BP, right across the street from Quantum Glen on Grand. I stayed on 39th. Uh, so we used to walk from 39th uh, to Wyman, Wyman Elementary. That's where I went. Uh, I don't know if it's still open or if it's still called that now. But, yeah, that's where I went. And there was a BP, well, Emoco now, BP. It was there. So I seen something. Like, again, I was little, first grade. And I took it. And we walked out the store and we got like across the street. I was like, oh, mama, I got to take this back. And she was like, where the hell you get this from? I was like, the store. I ain't had no money, so she knew I ain't pay for it. She knew she ain't pay for it. Whew. That was a beating. Uh, <laughs> it was only a couple steps from Grand to Wyman. Um, but it felt like forever. And I still had to go to school. Ain't that some stuff? Like, I just got whooped for for doing the right thing and well, stealing, but trying to do the right thing and giving it back. And I still had to go to school. Oh my god, it was horrible. Um, and now, as an adult, I've realized like my mom had a lot of pride. Uh, she used to work her ass off. Um, so she didn't want us to ever feel like we had to take or do um, the wrong things in order to obtain the lifestyles that that we wanted, that we seen from others. Like she'll just work. Um, at the time, I didn't know that. At the time, I you know, all right, let me tell you why I stole something at you know in first grade. <laughs> uh, I was watching The Simpsons, and this particular episode, um, Bart stole a magazine. It's crazy. I remember this. That's how you know that whooping really meant something. He stole a magazine, but he didn't take it back. Um, <laughs> so I think I was in the space of figuring out, like, how does this stealing thing works? And, like, can I get away with it? Like, could I do this? I didn't necessarily know it was like bad to steal, but I knew that it was something that you wasn't supposed to do. Uh, so that's why when I got away with it, I was trying to return it. Like I was like, okay, mission accomplished. Boom. But after that whooping, I kind of realized like, you know, a lot of my family and friends, they kind of, they hear me say like, I'm too tall to steal. Uh, or I'm just too prideful to steal. Like I just pay for it. Like I'm stealing for it if I got the money. Um, but that whooping probably is the, you know, I'm quite sure that whooping is the reason why I don't steal. Uh, if we want to be a hundred with it. 
uh, speaking of whoopings, I mean, yeah, speaking of whoopings and stealing, um, my grandmother, like, I don't recall really getting like a real whooping because I don't remember. I'm quite sure I kind of remember like the whoopings that I got, like the beatings that I got. Kind of re- remember those. Uh, so I don't think my grandmother really like handed one of those to me, but she gave a lot to my cousins and my little brother. So I learned from them. I wasn't, I, I, I didn't want that. I can tell you that. So the first real whooping I experienced from my grandmother out of all whoopings was my little brother. Uh, we was at my auntie Noby house and <laughs> my auntie had, it's like the office area now. I don't know what this room was at the time, but I knew it was enough room to get a whooping. Uh, my little brother was in this room and <laughs> boy it was a whooping like she took a lunch break she whooped him took a break and went back and continued to whoop him um i didn't see it but i heard it and i was like yeah i don't want that i i believe if i'm not mistaken this whooping happened because he stole some money from my dad i think we were like in the fort now i was in the fourth grade or the fifth grade and he was in the fourth or I don't know. I, I just know. I know we know we stayed in O'Fallon Place at this time, so we went to Jefferson Elementary. And um, yeah, that whooping was one whooping that was like, yep. So I think those two things, like that, was a reminder of like why stealing is bad and why I shouldn't steal, because I just didn't want that whooping. Um, yeah, it was. It scarred me for life. It was traumatized. PTSD. Um, and I wasn't the one that got the whooping. I just heard it. And I was like, oh, yep, I'm not doing that. And um, my grandmother and my dad, they had like a weird relationship. So it was like my grandmother, she can do a lot of stuff, talk a lot of stuff to my dad. But if somebody was to say something to, about my dad, oh, I'd be a whole different so I don't know if she whooped him that bad for stealing or if she whooped him that bad for stealing from my dad. Either who, I wasn't doing either. I wasn't stealing. I wasn't doing nothing to my dad because um, that whooping was not, it did not have my name on it. I was not going to agree to that. <laughs> so I was like, yep, let me continue to be the granny's pet and I get a whooping. And speaking of granny's pet, I remember in two. 2000 was it 16 when i graduated i think it was a year i graduated and i came back or probably the year before i remember one of these christmases or thanksgiving it was one of the holidays because she make yum yums and uh oh my god yum yums it's like it's so good it make you say yum yum it's one of the desserts that she just loved to make uh every holiday i, I loved it um, I used to bash it when I was younger and she like remembered I remember this particular holiday and she was just like I'm gonna make you your own and I was like what and um that's all I needed to hear so I had a whole pie of yum yums to myself so she made one for everybody and then she made one for me and um I was not sharing and I remember taking that thing home she like yeah I can only you know I can only protect it for so long. You better hurry up and get it. I was like, oh, say, say less. So I went and got it, took it home, and came back. And I uh, spent that day with my grandmother. It was 
very insightful to say the least um and now i wonder like who's gonna uh, make young young now i think that was the question that i asked so it's going to be interesting to see who's going to carry on the tradition and make the yum-yums um, for the family doing family holidays. Because that was, it was great. I like yum-yums. Can't tell y'all what's in it, but it's good. Tell you that. <laughs> um, whew. The yum-yums got me too happy. It's kind of like sad transitioning to this part. Um distance from my mom Uh, I'm not the oldest out of my siblings but I was like the oldest in the household my um, my older sister she grew up with her grandparents and my big brother um, on my dad's side um, my stepdad's side um, he grew up in like a different type of like household his um his mom was married and things of that nature uh, so we was just brought up different like it's it's times where he like accidentally like, yeah big bro like man i'm the big brother man you just <laughs> and it's just like how i like carry myself uh, just looking out for others and things of that nature so it was just very interesting growing up in this space that i'm in um yeah so i i think with that just comes a lot of responsibilities uh, that i put on myself uh, from a very young age uh, i remember watching my my mom and dad you know fight and trying to protect my mom and you know just trying to be the mediator separate them at like a young age at like five now that i think back at it because like 39 like i was i was very young um so i was always a protector and those things kind of as you get older it doesn't necessarily transfer uh, properly like those conversations of like when to be a kid and when to be this don't want i don't want to say a father figure like for my siblings but when to be this like protector uh this provider uh, type of role um so for the most part, I remember as I got older and just started finding words that I can like use to communicate how I feel with my mom. Um, in some cases, it was just best that I stay away from my mother because uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to make her feel bad. And uh, one of the things that I kind of like, I've noticed, um, and not with just my mom, with a lot of people, as I start elevating and doing different things um there was a lot of side eyes uh, there was a lot of people that looked at me as if i thought i was better than them because of i decided to take a different route um or that my struggles didn't equate to the struggles that they had because i was doing something different and for my mom at times i felt like she really wanted to have a active role in the progression and 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 we had this conversation like we definitely had this conversation it's one of the, the pieces that allowed us to kind of grow and, and mend this relationship um and as i reach adulthood i'm starting to realize and understand more of the space that she was in um a lot of things that I've done 
I can credit it towards mentorship and curiosity. Like I, it was an unknown for, for me uh, to be where I'm, where I'm at, to continue to go to school, uh, get a bachelor's degree, get a master's degree, apply for PhD program. That took curiosity, ambition, and, and mentorship. Um, but I have I, I had to give grace to my mother for everything that she poured into me from kindergarten to 12th grade. Um, her biggest thing for me was like for all of us was to graduate high school. That was, if we graduated high school, we did a great job. Right. <laughs> um, and I was just like, OK, I did that. How can I take it to the next level? in order to motivate my siblings and that's what happened my little sister she has a master's master's degree now my baby sister is um like figuring out the ropes of college and um they have that like that support system that kind of structure that i didn't have because i didn't see any of my siblings go to college and make it through college um but yeah i really wanted to stay away it was a it was a point of my life that i felt like i had to stay away from my mom uh, because I was triggering for her. Uh, we'll have start off a conversation. It'd be nice and be, you know, cool. And then all of a sudden it goes sideways. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I used to be so confused. And But then I had to realize where that came from. I had to take accountability for my actions that led us there. Um, and who is a, like I tell you, me and my mom, that's my mom. So it's a lot of stories I can share. Um, but some that kind of, got us to this this place of separation uh 2013 um, a lot happened that year um for me and my mom um but one of the things i remember like on my behalf uh, where i was like more intentional i just had to like cut ties um 2013 uh, the basement flooded my mom, she stayed on Park, I think Park Lane, uh, to be exact. And um, the basement flooded. <laughs> the basement been flooding, uh, honestly. Um, but I received a phone call. I think I was coming back from Washington, D.C. Um, and she was just calling me yelling, like, yeah, I threw all your stuff away and da 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 told you to get it. It was molded and da 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 and da 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 and this stuff that she was speaking of was everything from like high school uh just that's like the bare minimum from high school that i can remember uh my trophies my awards my jerseys like all of that stuff all that sentimental stuff and um my heart was broken like <laughs> like that's really all i had um there's been times in my life that similar situation that happened because we moved a lot and we lost a lot of those things um but this was like all my high school stuff this is like the recent stuff that i can remember um and i was devastated like i cried and like i really i really took that hard uh i re re remember my dad calling me and he was like i was able to get some things um when he had got my shorts, uh, my varsity shorts, and uh, that's really all I can remember that he was able to retrieve. Uh, but everything else was just in the trash. Uh, 
Um, so he went in the trash can and actually got that. Um, and I just, it was just hard for me to bounce back from that. Because um, I worked so hard. Like, I wasn't supposed to graduate high school. Um, I wasn't supposed to do half the things that I accomplished in high school. And, like, it was hard for me to get to that point <laughs> of, like, graduating. So many things that happened within those four years um, that helped mold me to the person that I am today. So it was like it was a lot surrounded around losing so much. Um, and I took that out on my mom. I selfishly took that out on my mom. I felt like it was her fault. Um, it was easier for us to blame mama. And through life, like, I had people that called me out on that. <laughs> um, I had, you know, people that coached me out of that moment and challenged me to build that relationship with my mom. And um, after I had to own up to to my role in our relationship, and again, there's some other stuff that, like, happened in the mix before and after and all these things, but I'm not finna go into that because I can ramble for uh, even more time. Um but 2016 is when I really decided to like, you know what? That's my mama. She did what she could. And let's try to get to this space. But by that time, it was just already like so much that was dug into the hole that we were in. Um, and me knowing that it's going to take twice the amount of energy and time to get us back to the space that I want us to be in. Are you willing to take this challenge? And in 2016, that's when... I was willing to take that challenge and um, it wasn't a good transition it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't good by any means I tell you Whew. Um, again the conversation started off great and next thing you know I'm getting cursed out and I'm blocked oh, like oh god and it's like oh like I ain't blocked no more okay uh, or you know Facebook and then my mom like had so many different phones so it was hard to keep up with her in that space as well um so like she blocked me on facebook it's a wrap like i just gotta wait uh, <laughs> and um in 2019 uh, last year we really just started making progress um having conversations that didn't lead to me being blocked uh, or me being cursed out and figuring out ways that I can support her um, as she support others, which was great. My baby sister graduated high school last year and being in a space where I can make sure that she made it to her senior game, um, being able to take the pictures at the graduation and just seeing them so happy um, meant a lot for me. Um, being able to take my mom, like Facebook, oh my God. Facebook reminds you of everything. She uh, used to post everything. <laughs> I remember Facebook hit me up and was like, hey, uh, you know who this is? Because they keep sharing these pictures that we think are you. And I, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, that's my mama. It's cool. And um, reminded me of like the day that I took her out to eat, the day I took her to work, the day I 
pulled up on her to say hi the day I it was like just so many days I did something um, that really made her happy and excited um, and then 2020 um, I think in January she could I, I remember because she posted it uh, I just texted her and I just had to like let her know that she's loved and appreciated and um, my bad for taking out my anger on you for the things that you wasn't able to do or that you didn't have the capacity to do in that moment. Uh, but loving you for the person that you are and the role that you had in my life and you know, assuring her that you did have a role, a pivotal role in my life to where I'm, in, where I'm at now and that this wasn't by mistake. Um, she could have sheltered me for a lot of things and she could have told me to do a lot of things, but she didn't. She gave me the foundation to be the person that I am and the space to make the decisions that I wanted to make. And they just happened to be the right decisions. Um, and you can't do nothing but love a person for that. I hate I did a lot of stuff in life um, and especially 21 and, and, and under, I did a lot of questionable things, uh, things that individuals wouldn't imagine uh, that I would be even capable of. And she allowed me to have that space to do so. She allowed me to figure out who I am. And I feel like that was one of the things that separated me from a lot of people that I grew up with. Uh, you, you know, even as close to like some of my siblings that I had the space to figure out my identity, who I am at a young age. And you can't really measure that. Like, how do you measure that? Like, you, you can't. Um, So those were like the kind of steps. So in, in 2020, like I said, being at the funeral, being able to laugh with my mom, share some jokes, cause like all of us are shit talkers. Like that's how we like, that's how we know we in a good space when we all can like talk shit to each other and no one takes it personal. No one, you know, takes offense. Like everyone just laughing and, and enjoying that moment. And that's the, like those are the moments that I love having because we had so many of those moments throughout my life, uh, throughout the life that we share with each other. But just talking shit, laughing, and um, I rarely curse in front of my mom. Like, like even as an adult, like I rarely curse. I, I rarely like drink alcohol in front of my mom. It's like my mom. Like it was like I, I just felt like weird. Um, even as like a rapper. <laughs> uh, I used to let her hear my songs and it was cursing all when she used to go to my shows when I used to perform and be cursing I'm like oh my god I just cursed in front of my mom um, so yeah those things are are great so I know that distance um, it allowed me to grow in so many different spaces that 
you know, leading up to this year, uh, we were in a better space. And I don't know what more that I can ask for. Again, who am I to to selfishly say, like, hey, I want my mama here forever. <laughs> and, and just living after the deaths of my mother and grandmother has has been challenging um very challenging um, i didn't realize how triggering my mom's home was until it was time to like clean everything out um it just reminded me of so much of my past and and like my upbringing um i look at everything different colors of the walls how much sunlight are we getting and it was just so down man and and, and maybe if i would have like i i haven't like I, I haven't walked in my mom's house since 2015 i literally if i pulled up i'd stay outside um so for like five years like i i would stay outside like i would not walk in the house um because of that feeling um, of being there and just imagine that this lady has really been in this house um, for that long like I wish that I could have faced my fears and, and went in there and gave her a different escape so that was a very daunting moment and I'm not going to go into too many details of like all of the weird things that kind of happened after my mom's death. Um, but I can tell you like the effects that it had on my life. Um, I honestly thought that I would be dead before my mom and my grandmother. Right. Um, as, as creepy as that sound, <laughs> like I thought that I would legit be dead before my mom and grandmother uh, for all the things that I was doing and uh, affiliated with and points of my life and even with just like things that I'm doing now um I figured that you know karma like it'll come back around and I'm gonna you know, mysteriously die from a car accident or some stuff like that and learning that there's really no way to escape Delphi is what's gonna happen like and what you're gonna do within the time that you're here and that's why I decided to speak life into as many people as I can and and continue to be a servant for others and that's what I've been my entire life even like when I was young <laughs> um, one of the biggest things that, that helped me out the the death of my, my grandmother and, and, and my mom's um, was therapy and it's helping a lot and I, and I and I'm still in the early phases of when I'm just rambling off so it's like you know the biggest thing for me is being in a space where I can just talk so now it's getting to the point like oh my god like I talk about everything that I can talk about now we can really get to the needy greedy of how can I resolve these things and I hope my therapist I hope she uh, don't get too upset with me because I know she's like oh, I really want to just like you know, I like, look, if you get frustrated, nine times out of ten, I did it intentionally. Um, which is, uh, which is, it's, it's quite funny. 
I can say it's definitely funny uh, having a therapist and then like this year I really wanted to invest in my financial literacy and emotional intelligence so a lot of the things that's there that she's telling me I understand already and like it's like this chess game and I'm so many steps ahead and we're just like battling right now but uh if my therapist listens to this I swear like we are we are making progress like don't give up on me just yet um it's it's just it's com- it's complex but we getting there you're doing a great job um yeah man I got a, a black woman Black women are are dope, and not just for like healing like pains. I just know that the mothers of of nurturing are, are black women. Um, so I know where to go. Uh, so salute black women therapists. Um, make sure y'all get one. I got mine. <laughs> Um, another thing that's really helped out was just being vulnerable with my siblings, right? Um, a lot of times I I put on this provider role, you know, this mask, and just making sure that I'm strong for everybody that I don't necessarily allow them the space to know that I'm feeling this way and this is why, and I need y'all right now, and this is why. Um, so really being transparent as possible with them and letting them know like, man, look, I need y'all. I'm feeling down. Um, how y'all doing? Like really putting myself out there um, and letting them know like, hey, life ain't gravy. Like, <laughs> life is not Facebook and Instagram. I tell you that. And if y'all really been on my Instagram, y'all will tell that I ain't been, I haven't been posting like I used to in a minute. Um, so really, uh, you know, using this time and this space to let them know y'all big brother not good right now but he doing whatever he can to be good and I'm continuing to make sure that y'all good uh, this is what this looks like to me uh, this is how y'all can support me in this moment uh, and you know empowering them to know that my big brother needs me because uh, everyone wants to feel needed and a lot of times I never, never, and I ain't a lot of times, I never allowed them to be in a space where they felt like I needed them. And it wasn't because I didn't. It was because as a big brother, um, I wanted to continue to have that role. I felt like being a big brother, I couldn't need anything from them, uh, that they needed everything from me, right? Um, so it's great using this space so if anyone has you know siblings that's going through something traumatic as you uh family friends any you know anyone make sure that you allow them to be there for you just as much as you are there for others because we can put ourselves in this space um or in this shell of or in this box i think i like box better uh i'm always providing for others and every time i'm down i ain't got nobody like looking out for me when reality you got people that's looking out for you but we just so uncomfortable with being looked out for that we don't acknowledge it and or we don't uh embrace that moment of allowing others in uh, so that's something that i've been doing differently i uh, stepping outside of my comfort zone uh, <laughs> getting a therapist that's out of my comfort zone being vulnerable to my siblings uh, speaking with others 
about how I feel, like talking about emotions and, and stuff like that's very uncomfortable for me. Uh, checking myself, you know, getting my business partners updates on like not only just with like business stuff, but how I'm doing as a person. Um, different situations that's going on because I'm very private, isolate myself from everything and then come back. So people are like, oh man, you always know every time I see you, you look like you're doing good. That's because when I'm doing bad, you'll never see me. Uh, so taking you know moments, uh, stepping outside of that and allowing people to see me in my bad times, well, you know, I'm very selective with allowing who, who see me <laughs> in bad times, but being more open uh, with the people around me. Um, getting back to my routines so if y'all don't know um, I like to run I run a lot I ran 100 miles in April I think the longest I ran was 8 miles I'll probably run a half a marathon soon Uh, ran my first 5k um, this year so I like to run I can run 5k I can run three miles five miles six miles i can just get up one day like i'm running so i love running but i i bounced out of that routine when everything was happening and um oh i gained some weight too Ooh, child um but getting back to my routines of running uh, going to crossfit at least three times a week um uh, taking pictures doing work going to sleep waking up like it's just so many small things that i've noticed doing the time of like grieving and handling everything that was going on or centered around my grandmother's and mom's death uh, that was making me not feel like the person I know I was capable of of being right Um, and as I get back to those routines I see things slowly gravitating to that space that I was uh, prior to these incidents Um, eating habits like drinking water like small things like that that slowly that i've lost that i'm slowly building back uh that's slowly filling my cup um so i advise whatever routines that you have prior to or whatever routines that you want to make you know healthy routines get back to them Uh, if you was running every day and you stopped running try to figure out ways you can run every day you probably not running three miles every day but run one mile walk one mile like do what you have to do to get back in your routine if you was drinking two quarts of water every day you probably don't have time or space to do it drink one quart like work your way up to getting back to where you need to be who's waking up every morning to listen to a podcast listening to um, an audio book reading a book like make sure you're getting up early enough so you continue to do that uh, you'll be surprised how those small things build you to where you want to be uh, so you can show up for others right so you can show up for yourself more importantly um, a big thing for me is accepting down moments I I randomly just get down out of nowhere. Um, Like, I'd be happy, da-da-da, just get down. And being in that moment, not trying to, you know, feel that void, not trying to smoke, not trying to drink to create an absence of that feeling, but being in that moment, understanding why you are in in that moment and embracing that moment. Um, 
I have those moments all the time. Just certain things, a song will come on. I'm like, oh man, my mom's song come on. My grandmother, I'll go by a street. My grandmother, I just remember these different things from my grandmother and my mom that'll create, that'll put me in that space. And instead of avoiding and running from that space, sitting in that space in silence, breathing, controlling that space instead of letting that space control me. There's nothing wrong with being sad. Sad doesn't show weakness. Sadness is the opposite of happy. They're both emotions that we feel as humans. But what are you going to do once that feeling is there? The reaction from the feeling is what you can control. The biggest thing for me is just accepting that sadness because that sadness is coming from a joyous place of remembering a good time, a good moment that I shared with my mother and my grandmother. Because if it was a bad time, it's crazy. Like after death, bad moments don't mean nothing. It's the good moments that continue to haunt us. <laughs> right? It's like we remember all the bad stuff when they're here, but when they're gone, we only remember the good stuff, but the good stuff create those bad feelings that we try to avoid. So knowing why you're sad, when a certain song come on, when a certain, you know, drive past a certain street, when you're watching a certain movie, when you see a, a Facebook memory, like knowing why you're sad, you're sad because this was a good moment <laughs> that you shared with those individuals. And the biggest thing, don't try to fill voids with work. Don't try to fill voids with drugs. Don't try to fill voids with other relationships. Take the time to heal. And you don't have to heal completely, right? Because <laughs> there's like no such thing. It's like it's hard finding this perfect healing. Like put yourself in a good enough position in a good enough space that you're not toxic for other people. So you working to fill a void is not it's not gonna remove everything that happened. It's not. It's gonna numb you for a minute or get your mind off of it for a minute. But how is that positively affecting you? How's that affecting other people around you? And this was big to me because this was stepping out of my comfort zone. Once I used to deal with death a lot with overworking. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I can't meet up with you. I'm too busy. Like, and I was creating work for myself. Like now, I'm just naturally. I just got work, so. I, I just work with the work that I have. I don't try to find extra work to do on top of the work that I have to do. Um, but back then I used to find work. I used to find alcohol. I used to find a different woman or, you know, a different set of friends to kind of like fill these voids instead of dealing with why that void is even there. Um, so living 
after the death of my grandmother and my mother um, has been a journey. And again, July, whew, September now, um, my grandmother had two birthdays, uh, the 24th, uh, but she celebrated on the 25th. My mom's birthday is on the 28th. And I told myself that I was going to drop this on my mom's birthday. And there might be other episodes uh, or points in episodes that talk about this journey of me. growing uh, because of the transition the transition of my grandmother and mothers like this not a, a three month thing this is not a one year thing like, I don't know how long it's going to take um, but I hope what I've said what I've shared with you know with you all is aspiration to grow out of whatever difficulties that you may be in right now, whatever death you may have experienced from someone close to you. Yes, it's hard. But it's even harder to get back in a space that they will want to see you in. They don't want you to stop succeeding because they're not here. They don't want you to stop being happy because you're not here. They don't want you to stop accomplishing things because you're not, because they're not here. Right. And, and I know it's, it's challenging to, to be the person that you told yourself you were going to be without these individuals. But why not? Why not do everything you were destined to do that be that person that you were destined to be in their memory? This episode is brought to you by RTW Photography. RTW Photography has experience in all areas of photography and videography and offers a wide range of services from photo booth rentals, studio rentals, and live streams. Whether you want to create a brand identity for your company or celebrate a special occasion, RTW will give you the best experience to help you stand out amongst the crowd. Follow RTW at RTW Photography underscore on Twitter and Instagram today for all new deals. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Join me in my journey to success by following on Twitter and Instagram at LDMonger1. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like me to address on the next episode, email me at contact at LDMonger.com. Vail's World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Again, thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Until next time. It's the team.